1: Sal Capaccio joining us on the Wester Hotline. It's a big NFL day for franchise tag candidates. We've seen some players tagged, some not. Of course, Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poy are the two big candidates for the Bills. If they really wanted to try and keep those two, they could, but um, we don't expect that. So we'll talk to Sal about that, what it means from here, and this is kind of the start of free agency at this point. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe, and on the Western Hotline is Sal. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I think Poyer, we, I don't know, is there a ranking of which of the two is less likely? I mean, we, we don't expect either one of them to get the franchise tag, of course. I mean, Poyer has um, almost sounded like he's saying goodbye. And for Tremaine Edmonds, the, the number is usually reserved for pass-rushing linebackers in the $20 million neighborhood. So for Tremaine, it just doesn't seem like a fit for him either. So um, when the deadline comes and goes, we will not be surprised.
2: That's right. I think you laid it out pretty good, Jeremy. Um, there's There's... I don't have it confirmed right now, but I don't expect, uh, the Bills to use the franchise tag on anyone. Those are the really only two candidates they have. They're not going to use it on Devin Singletary. Maybe if you want to call him as their, you know, number three free agent, however you want to, you know, parse that out. But for Ed, for, uh, let's start with Poyer, you know, you go back to training camp. And there was always rumblings of could they get a deal done. You know, He wanted to try and get something done. Drew Rosenhaus showed up to camp. It just never seemed like the Bills were super eager to go there based on what the numbers are, the money, uh, his age, things like that. So based on all that, I just can't expect them to give the franchise tag. And you never know. There's a possibility he could come back. But it's always looked like this was going to be a season where he would play out and then test the market and then see what happens and I think that he may have suitors to give him more than what the bills are willing to give, and probably for maybe even longer term, as far as Edmonds, yeah he would be a candidate as far as them wanting to keep him. I do think the bills want to keep Tremaine Edmonds, I think they 'd love to keep him you know multiple years, but the number there, as you said, twenty million dollars it 's the number two position behind quarterback when it comes to franchise tag, and that 's exactly why because. You you have to factor in all the pass rushing linebackers, which is understandable. I mean, how do you how do you separate it? Maybe you know, some t- at some point they'll do that, but the NFLPA is not going to go for that. All the linebackers are making more money because they do it like this. Some teams play three four, some teams play four three, um, so that's not going to happen. So, for an order for him to come back, I think the Bills just have to you know reach an agreement with Tremaine Edmonds, and we'll see if that happens.
1: So, what are the chances that there's a deal on the table today for Edmonds? Uh, not quite a take it or leave it scenario, but the the franchise tag deadline does um, operate as a it's a deadline, right? It's it's whether you it's artificial or not. It's not like the Bills can't talk to Tremaine Edmonds, but he does effectively become a free agent as of this deadline because they still have the opportunity to tag him. They're not going to tag him, so this kind of ends their exclusive negotiating period.
2: No, uh, no? no, they can negotiate up until uh, March thirteenth. That's when the tampering period. Right,
1: opens. right. I I mean, I just mean when it comes to, sure, okay, move that to the 13th then. What I mean is, do you think they're trying to get something done with him before he hits the open market, or is it a scenario where you just kind of understand a player can
2: hit it and, hey, keep us in the loop. You know we'd love to have you. I think it reminds me exactly of what they went through with Matt Milano a couple of years ago, which is um, they're not going to tag him, but they'd love to have him. They'll make – they'll go back and forth, maybe make an official offer uh, before then, and then see where it goes. And that's what happened with Milano. And it was really, I think right, maybe the day that the negotiating period opened. I don't even know if Milano got there. I have to go back and remember if he even got to that point, he might've even got to the negotiating window. Uh, it was very close. It was maybe right, right the day before or something like that. And the bill struck a deal because it was, Hey, this is the offer. And you know, um, you know, the player has to know too, if, if you say no, and, you know, that's nice because maybe you want to get the offers, but the team is going to have to move on at some point as well. Right. So for both sides, that becomes the deadline. The ex- The bills have exclusive negotiating rights with Jermaine Edmonds until March 13th, uh, six days from now. On that day, he can begin negotiating with other teams. His agent can. Teams cannot talk to him specifically for two days. He can. His agent can talk to teams um, not that those things aren't already kind of out there yeah. backdoor channels, people talking, right? But that that can happen, and then he can start signing with another team on March fifteenth. He can sign back with the Bills at any point. So to me, yes, Jeremy, I do think that the Bills will have. They'll try to get him. They'll try to get a deal done with him before that. I wouldn't expect them to go super out of their way. They'll say, look, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what the value is, and both sides have to have a, a recognition that if that doesn't happen. Then A, the Bills know that Tremaine Edmonds is going to field offers from other teams, and Tremaine Edmonds then would know the Bills might have to move on.
1: Right. And the Bills would know also, Sal, like we're talking about other linebackers that we've found that have hit the market, whether it's Bobby Wagner or Eric Hendricks in Minnesota. You know, there there are some maybe surprise cut candidates just regular cut candidates around the league as well and you know these these position pools are filling up a bit so while the Bills might want Edmonds for number XYZ they might get some good news along the way to find out that there are more linebackers out there and maybe a few out there that they did not expect
2: yeah, that's right I mean if if okay so let's just say that Tremaine Edmonds you know does not resign with the Bills they'll have some sort of plan I would think that they've been thinking about this and I think you can't discount them thinking that Terrell Bernard could take that spot, right? That's why they drafted him in the third round last year, because they feel that he's good enough to play and probably start in this league. But it's got to also probably include another veteran out there, somebody who's hitting the free agent market who they say we could plug in here. I think the best solution for the Bills is to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds, but obviously not at some sort of price that they feel uncomfortable with. They wouldn't do that. Uh, something that they feel comfortable with, maybe a longer-term deal so they can spread the money out, because this is a player that is the exact poster child for what Brandon Bean talks about. Draft, develop, retain. And really, when you think about it, um, this is the first guy, I think, right, if I think about that, like that, who really became a good player for them that they drafted, a good player that if he leaves, it would be the first player like that who left via free agency, um that they developed uh that that like I said I mean there's been guys maybe that left that were later round picks or something that never became you know um really good starters I think this would be the first one and that might be that might be a tough pill to swallow considering it was Brandon Bean's first ever draft in a first round pick him and Josh Allen came in together now you got to remove your emotion from it I totally get that I'm sure Brandon Bean would tell you the same thing he's got they have to make business decisions but it would represent something to me something significant if Tremaine Edmonds were to walk in free agency, it would be the first player in this era, this regime, that the Bills drafted, had, a, had success, I think you could call it that, and then left via free agency.
1: Would, of Leslie Frazier, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, would you consider Edmonds' departure to be the most impactful when thinking about what they'll be on defense next year, if if he does leave?
2: Oh, man, that's a great question. Rank the impactfulness uh, of them. Man, Joe, you know, I tell you, it's not, this is not to diminish Leslie Frazier. You know, I think he's a heck of a coach, but I think he'd be number three on that list because they do have Sean McDermott running the defense. It is his, his defense. He is calling the plays, and he's not out there trying to tackle anybody, so he'd be number three. Um, I do think, man, boy, I, I might put Poyer up there only because they, they lost one game last year that he played, the playoff game. That was it. The guy was so, you know how I'll answer this? Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, Mm. tell me if Micah Hyde's playing next year. (laughs) I think he is, right? Is he healthy? If Micah Hyde is fully healthy and playing, then I think losing Tremaine Edmonds is bigger than losing Jordan Poyer. If for some reason, Micah, which we have no indication, I'm not trying to steer anybody to think he wouldn't. I just, you always wonder with an injury like that that he's coming off of and things like that. So I would say that because we do expect Micah Hyde to play. For some reason, if Micah Hyde wasn't on the roster, wasn't playing, I think Jordan Poyer would be a bigger loss because then you'd be losing two of them. So yes, I would put Tremaine Edmonds, number one, solely as the name Tremaine Edmonds. I would put Jordan Poyer number two, but say, look, if something were to happen where you didn't have Hyde, I think using Poirier would be even more significant.
1: Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. sell another position we know they won't franchise tag, but they're, they're having a player go to free agency, in theory, in, unless they re-sign him in this exclusive period, is Devin Singletary in the running back spot. Do you expect them to be interested in bringing Singletary back Here's a player that he's good. He's not spectacular. They've drafted running backs since drafting him twice and traded for running backs and tried to sign running backs. It's, I'm not trying to treat him like Fred Jackson, where they kept adding running backs around him. But on some level, you know they draft Singletary, they give him the ball a lot, he plays a lot, and yet they're always looking for a little bit something different out of the position. So that said. When Singletary gets to free agency, do you think the Bills will want first refusal? Do you think the Bills
2: will be very motivated to try and bring him back? Very motivated? No. I think they'd like to have him back on the roster. I do not think they're going to get in some sort of situation where, hey, you know, we're going to have to try and match what another team does. Look, the running back market's going to start getting paid here. You have a bunch of really good free agents. You have guys getting the franchise tag. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs getting the franchise tag. We'll look at Saquon's situation. And those are two of the top, right? But other guys, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, uh, there's, there's guys on this list that are going to get some money and there, there's going to be a bunch of them. Now, maybe because there is so many of them, they're not going to get as much money. And I think that's what the Bills are hoping for, right? Where maybe in a different year, Devin gets a much larger salary from another team. Here, hey, let's monitor it. If we can get him back for a nice, cheap, reduced rate, we'd like him again they drafted him third round. He's had some success with them. He's been basically, I think, their leading rusher every year he's been on the roster. Um, And then, you know, they'd like to have him back. I think they like the situation of having two running backs where they can move in and out and do different things. And I think him and James Cook, you know, look, both of them overall, they they had they did a nice job last year. But you're right, Jeremy. One thing is they're always kind of looking for something different. What does that look like? Well, James Cook's on the roster If whatever is different is, if that's, as I've said, a bigger back, if you want to have a guy that come in to be a little bit bigger in those short yardage situations. Well, then that's not bringing Devin Singletary back, obviously. So yes, I think they wouldn't mind and would like to have Devin Singletary back. I do not think they're going to do anything special to try and keep him. And they'll probably tell him, Hey man, you know, we love you here. And if, and, and if you don't get above this X amount, come on, let us know because we'd we'd love to have you back at that price, and that's what we're putting on. It.
1: A, r- a report yesterday. I'm probably going to ask the same question, yeah, as Joe. Yeah, is. Go ahead. <laughs> you said you say bigger back. A report yesterday. The, yeah. tit- the Titans are shopping Derrick Henry. He would be no guaranteed money one year, about ten million dollars. It's kind of the franchise tag for a for a running back for Derrick Henry. You'd of course be able to restructure if you wanted to. Do you think the Bills would be having a conversation about
2: Derrick Henry? I think they have conversations about everybody for them like inter- internally excuse me internally it, um I just can't see it i can't see this being the type of player they call on to make a trade to give an asset up for. It just does not fit he doesn't seem like he kind of fits the only way the only way I think that this is the kind of player that they'd want to bring in, Derek Henry is if they really they feel that you know they can use him in a more of a limited role, obviously he's been using it in Tennessee, I think almost anybody would be more limited than that, yeah. But, man, even at that price, how can you justify that? Like, you bring Derrick Henry in here, he's getting the ball. That's what he does. And you're paying him, what you say, $10 million? Is that what it's, it is? It's, I it's about
1: $10 million. See, I guess, yeah. Sal, if I'm laying out how it were to happen, again, like without saying I want it to happen – could you convince him again? It, it comes down to: Do other teams see him and think you're like, "Yeah, we'll give you the ball three hundred times." Could you convince yeah. him that this is basically his senior tour? Come here; you won't be asked to do as much. We'll spread it over two years, and you'll get one hundred and eighty carries instead of you know three hundred and sixty or whatever.
2: How do you justify paying that much money to do that? Well, thing? I mean, you, that, you that, for the bills, and you'd have to restructure, like you said. He is going to be thirty years old. This just doesn't seem like. It's the typical kind of move the Bills would make. I I've just never envisioned them being interested in this particular running back. I think the way Brand I, I try to put myself in Brandon Bean's shoes, and I think that's always kind of the trickiness. Like just so everybody knows, when I'm explaining this, I try to put myself in how how have the Bills operated? What do I expect from them? You know, sometimes my opinion might be different on what they should do, but I try to give insight on what I think they will do. And in this situation, I think the Bills have never operated by having a back that they would pay that much money to, especially at that age. And even if they could restructure him, it just doesn't fit. I feel that Brandon Bean always feels like he can get more production and more efficiency out of a cheaper, younger back than that. Um, as great as Derrick Henry's been in this in this league, I, I think Brandon Bean probably feels you, he can get a bigger back later in the draft or another one in free agency that, even if they restructured him, that you could call spend way less money than Derrick Henry, especially because you'd have to give up an asset just to get him here. All right, Sal, how
1: about, uh, your most recent state of the bills at wide receiver and in, starting internally. Um, is, is it right to think that on the active roster going into next year, the only three guys you'd be sure are on the team are Diggs Davis and Shakir.
2: I think that's right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Joe. Um, those are the only three guys I'd be sure. And let's start with Stefan Diggs. As you guys know, there's been a lot of talk lately about you know Stefan Diggs and his future in Buffalo and social media behavior and things like that. I don't need to get into specifics. You know, If anybody wants to check it out, they can. What I know is the Bills can't trade Stefan Diggs. <laughs> even, if, even if he walked into Gen- General Manager Brandon Bean's office today and said, I don't want to play for you. You have to trade me. I mean, the Bills would take on a $37 million dead salary cap hit by trading Stefan Diggs. It just can't happen. It's not going to happen. So he signed a four-year contract extension last year with $70 million and guaranteed. I think that was the number. But um, so... That's just, that just can't happen. And even if they waited till after June 1, they could clear a little space. They would take a less dad cap hit and then they take a huge one in 2024. So I just don't see how they would be willing to do that. And oh, by the way, he's great. Stefan Diggs is great. <laughs> he is still your number one receiver. He's 29. He's going to be 30 years old in November. He's not super old. He could still play and he had an incredible year last year. He was a second team all pro. So that's why I say I wouldn't think about that. As far as Davis is concerned, yeah. I've said this to you before, Joe. I I think, on, um, I'm sorry, Gabe Davis is even the kind of player that they may want to extend going into next year. I know it sounds weird to people who say, well, he didn't have a great year last year. I get it, right? But th- this is their player who is at a position that's starting to get a lot of money. He's going the last year of his contract, and... If he walks on the field next year and does have a monster year, then that price really went up, and I think they'd like to keep him. They really like Gabe Davis. They love his work ethic. Yes, he was a bit inconsistent last year. He also had his career high in catches, 48 yards, 836, and was second in the league in yards per catch behind only Jalen Waddell. Um, He plays all the time. He's the best blocking receiver they have on the field. And then Khalil Shakir is going to be on this team, right? The question is, What's their plan for him, especially when it comes to the slot? Because that's where you get to the other guys of Isaiah McKenzie, who's under contract, Cole Beasley, who said he wants to come back, Jamison Crowder, who unfortunately it didn't work out, but I think that they could probably want to try and revisit that. We'll see. They're all in different scenarios, but I think all of them, you could make a case for having them back and not having them on the roster. Isaiah McKenzie, you could clear $2.2 million of his $2.5 million salary by releasing him I would say though if you do that you also have to think are you also moving on from Naeem Hines because there's a return element involved obviously there's a lot of factors here that you have to consider
1: Dennis in Williamsville has uh, popped in what's up Dennis you're on with Sal <laughs> hey Sal um just kind of a a theoretical question I guess but um far as like the receivers in the draft go i know you're just talking about Diggs and mm-hmm. potentially getting a little bit older he's he's our he's our x receiver um what do you think of the bills moving him to a z and uh drafting like a true x like a Quentin johnston or something like that um because you know Diggs has been playing that x for a while but you know he is getting a little bit older and um protect him a little bit more with another receiver to his side of the field a little bit. And I just wonder if maybe you could get um, some more production, um, a different type of production out of him
2: doing it that yeah, way. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I've thought, and I, I know people have thought about it a little bit. I just don't know if that's his preferred spot or this best spot, right? I mean, he's an outside receiver. Um, you know, you're going to, this is where he's going to do his best work. Uh, you know, he's still a great route runner when he has, there was a clip floating around recently again, you know, digs against press coverage. He's just so good at route running, right? I don't think you need to do that. I also don't think he's necessarily any losing any any speed yet we haven't seen that he still can get get deep you know so moving him drafting another guy what does that look like you're talking about a rookie coming in the league playing the x being essentially then your number one or even your number two i don't think they have room for that Stefan Diggs is their number one receiver so he's going to stay their number one receiver so i'm not for it can they move him around to create matchups yeah. absolutely they should do that and but this should not be his his number one spot yeah
1: to the caller's point, I like the idea because of the way – and again, like not necessarily drafting just for that, but drafting maybe drafting a slot that can play outside. And the Bills yeah. have said that about guys that don't do that. Shakir does not really do that, at least not yet. But think about when the Bills played Cincinnati in the DeMar Hamlin game where, where he collapsed. Cincinnati's touchdown came from chase in the slot and Boyd out wide. And that flexibility – You know, one of the knocks on Davis, Sal, it's it's not that he's not good, it's he's too limited. And if they were to get somebody that could do just about everything, like Diggs can do just about everything, just about, then you get more flexibility. And that's what I'm looking for. So to Dennis's point, like a slot guy that can play on the outside, Boyd can do that, whether that's like a Tyler Lockett type slot guy who can stretch the field or be underneath I think what the Bills are looking for in receiver to help Diggs would be another receiver that can do a lot of things and have maybe more diverse route uh, tree than Gabe Davis.
2: Yeah, that's probably right. And and I look at, um, you know, I think what they need is, it's funny, they don't need the number one guy. They have that. They don't need the depth guy. Sure, you're always going to add that. You know what I mean? You're always going to find depth guys to come into camp. They need somebody in the middle there, and I don't even mean physically in the middle, like of the formation, which we're talking about here in the slot. I mean like a guy to come in to be a two slash three, like a Gabe Davis, to be able to push those guys. If you can have a guy that can play in the slot, like you said, play a little bit outside, and now you can move Gabe Davis around a little bit. You know, you you become much more challenging overall as a three group wide receiver, a four group wide receiver when you put guys on the field. So it's always been about. I remember last year I kept saying view them as pass catchers. I still think they're in that mode, and I do think the Bills wanted to do that. They wanted to have pass catchers more than receiver X, receiver Z, outside, slot, tight end. They just they want to have pass catchers. They want to create matchups and mismatches as the game goes on. So it's going to be interesting to see, and I don't think anybody denies or would deny that they're going to be in the market for receivers at some point this offseason. They have to be in some way, shape, or form. Um, you, know, you just look at what they have and what they need. So we'll see. Does that mean trading uh, does that mean uh, drafting one very early? They haven't re- uh, tra- drafted a first-round receiver since Sammy Watkins in 2014. Does that mean looking at free agency where mm, do you really want to get into that kind of money that's involved usually for the top end wide receivers even though there's not, you know, super duper names at the top end this year? Does it mean even trading for somebody which I wouldn't rule out? We've seen that from Brandon Bean before. Uh so I think that happens. I know you're driving the wide receiver train Jeremy. Oh yeah. Little little tease for tomorrow, maybe we can talk. I'm starting to inch towards helping to co-drive the tight end train I heard, with hmm. Mike Shope. I heard this yesterday. And, and I, 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 I would I'm like... not against a wide receiver at all. I mean, it would be fine. I just feel like maybe that's where this is starting to head now, about looking at the Hearing some of Brandon Bean's comments, knowing how they've operated the last few years, Tyler Croft, O.J. Howard, trying to figure that out. Knowing what Brand, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both feel about improving up front in the blocking area and how they kind of want to use their pass catchers. I, and then this is a really good draft for tight ends, by the way. So It, I, is, it is. I, saw, like, I just what, like, wonder if that's what we're doing. It
1: could be three or four first-round tight ends, maybe. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, so that that's, I, I think I might, like you know, there's a lot of time. We'll see how free agency plays out. You could be driving one train on March 7th, and then all of a sudden free agency makes you drive another train, like last year, Edge Rusher or something like that, right? Uh, so we'll see, but um, I'm going to work on that today. I'm going to work on tight end today because I do think it's an area that maybe we should focus on early in the draft here Well, for the Bills because I think they might focus on I that.
1: just Googled how long does it take a train to stop because this <laughs> wide receiver train I'm driving, Sal, we're going fast. <laughs> if you think I'm stopping, you're crazy. All right. Uh, so that's coming up a little bit. You said tomorrow you're going to talk a little more. Tight
2: I'm going to work on tight ends today. So if okay, you want to uh, you want to talk about it tomorrow? I'll be I'll be here to talk about it. All right. I'm ready. Thanks, Sal. You got it, Sal
1: Capaccio on the Western Hotline as we uh, you know continue pushing towards the off season. i I heard I heard it yesterday. I heard you two talking tight end. Flirting I was with flirting my, with the idea I was a little in bit. In my kitchen, and I was not happy. That's all right. I didn't get off the receiver train. I, uh, I went out on the, the deck listen, to peek over. Don't and you I don't look, this other don't train over here. Don't look at here. any other trains. I'm lo- I'm just looking. I can't look at the other train. All right. We got Greg Cosell was with the guys from One Bills Live yesterday or at the Combine. We'll, we'll clip from Greg Cosell on what the Bills need as we continue because I got, I got to make sure that uh, I'm going to check everybody's ticket on this train when we get back. I'm checking tickets. You better be on this train. If you want off. Well, that's also fine. All right. Jeremy White, Nicky Joe on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.